And what's up, podcast people and soundtrack geniuses around the world? You're listening to The Soundcast, the official podcast of tracksounds.com. And on this podcast, we talk all things film, television, and video game music. I am Christopher Coleman, and joining me for this episode is... This is Dane Walker, composer, in parentheses. And Matt Carr, composer, in inverted commas, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, You have to be a composer to get the grammar, uh, I don't know what you call that, the grammar title. Um, today is Monday, November 12th, 2018, and this is episode 121 of the Soundcast, where we review James Newton Howard's score for The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. You can find all episodes of The Soundcast at thesoundcast.com or on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. You can send us your feedback at soundcast at tracksounds.com, our speakpipe widget at tracksounds on Twitter or on Facebook. Well, welcome to the both of you. Uh, good to have you both on. Uh, Matt, this is your first time on the show, and we've chatted a little bit on Twitter. And so I wanted to invite John to talk about, uh, originally we were going to talk about Fantastic Beasts, but um, I was a little premature on that, as it doesn't come out (laughs) until next weekend. So we all had to pivot very quickly on that, and thankfully both of you are willing to um, put yourselves through four realms for this particular (laughs) uh, review. But Matt, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your composing exploits that you've you've done sure um doing a couple of short films right now i've done a couple of short films before um do some kind of commercial library music uh, for tv here in the uk um currently on on a game a sci-fi game but uh mm. the money has run out <laughs> oh, so no. we're hoping that we're hoping that gets made next year um uh. and yeah that's that's kind of me i'm in the early stages but uh that's what it's all about right yep, gotta get in there do. somehow you're absolutely right. Well, I'm glad to have you on today and look forward to talking to you uh, about the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Um, we're going to jump right in, and if you somehow don't know about the Nutcracker and the Four Realms, let me tell you a little bit about it. Um, it is a one of those Disney reimagining-type uh, films, and I guess the reimagining part is coming from the from the little bit in Fantasia, and they're taking that little that little segment and exploring that a little bit um according to google uh the the synopsis of the nutcracker in the four realms is young clara needs a magical one-of-a-kind key to unlocks a box to unlocks a box to unlock (laughs) a box that contains a priceless gift a golden thread leads her to the coveted key but it soon disappears into a strange and mysterious parallel world in that world she meets a soldier named philip a group of mice and the regents who preside over the th- over three realms. Clara and Philip must now enter a fourth realm to retrieve the key and restore harm- harmony to an unstable land. Uh, this film was released a short time ago, November second, two thousand eighteen, in the U.S. Uh, it has two directors attached, which is very interesting: Lasse Hallstrom and Joe Johnston. Uh, of course, it comes from uh, Walt Disney Pictures producers uh, Mark Gordon, Lindy Goldstein. 
Larry Franco and starring the people that I know. I'm giving you their names because there's a lot of people in there I've never heard of or seen before. Um, the star is Mackenzie Foy, of course, and she was the star or the daughter in Interstellar, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think she, yeah, she was in Interstellar. Uh, Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, and Kira Knightley, and as I said, a bunch of other folks playing major roles that I've never seen or heard of before. Um, Rotten Tomatoes score is a 33% from the critics and only marginally better from the fans at 39%. Uh, box office was just under $100 million worldwide for uh, through today, or through yesterday, $97 million. Um, and there's only one review that I could find, uh, the, the, I think our first time talking about it was in our first man review for the first time. The Xano board review nice. gave it eight out of 10. Um, and I think most, uh, most feelings about the score are pretty positive and most feelings about the film are not. Um, so we're going to jump right in and skip. Talk about our expectations for the film and score before we actually saw or heard it. Um, Dane, what were your expectations going in? Um, I didn't see any reason for the film to exist. And having seen it, I still don't see any reason for the film to exist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was money. Money. There's money. I I don't know if they're going to make a lot, but um, (laughs) if you're going to remake one of them, you've got to remake them all. Yeah, there you go. I took my six year old with me. He he really liked it. Um, So it's hitting it's hitting his demographic. Um, Yeah. But it was you know, it was interesting at at the um, at the Alamo theaters. They play these very cool little like. Uh, short films and little things that relate to the movie you're about to watch until it comes on, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And, so, and they played like every kind of version of the Nutcracker that has ever existed. So it's like a stop motion <laughs> version, a seventies TV show, a Can- you know, the Canadian ballet production. Um, and it just was, uh, it just made you realize like, okay, everybody's done this now. So I guess we're going to see another version of it. And well, Disney has yet to do a, a feature, a full feature, full-length feature. So it had to be done. Well, they still haven't done a full-length feature of the Nutcracker. True. <laughs> <laughs> They've done their version. That's right. Of it. That's right. And they, and they actually crammed in four realms into that too, not just the Nutcracker, but four realms. Yes. In one movie, there were four realms in one movie. Yes, they were four realms mentioned. That's right. <laughs> the Wicked Witch With, of the East, yeah. the West, the North, and the, oh no, I'm sorry, it's the wrong story. I'm sorry. They were they were four represent four representatives of the four realms. There you go. And I a ten second montage of each realm. That's right. That yeah. is true. I didn't think that too. When it was happening, I was like, oh, there's that one. Oh, there's that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they did establish that they existed. Um, what about you, Matt? What was your expectations going into the film? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I've been a big fan of the Soundcast for a while, so um, I'm really excited oh, to join in. Sure. Uh, but coming into the film, uh, similar to you, Dane, I didn't really know why it was a thing. I get it with Cinderella, I get it with even Lion King. I don't know how they're going to do that, but I get it. With the Nutcracker, I was kind of... Why? Um... Sorry to steal from yours there, Chris. Uh, <laughs> but, um, oh, I just you do I listen. tried to go into it. Oh yeah, right. As a little reference for you. Why? Um, I tried to go in it with with no expectations whatsoever, and just thought, come on, you know, I've paid my money. Let's just enjoy it. And I was yeah. really pleasantly surprised. It's huh. if 
Nothing Else is a really beautiful looking film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for um, sure. Even though I I felt like some of the acting heavyweights just really weren't necessary. It, whenever Morgan Freeman popped up, oh, it's Morgan Freeman. It, the yeah. character was, you know, why? Um, yeah. But uh, I just tried to have no expectations, so couldn't really be let down. Um, hmm. I did okay. enjoy it. The, the little kid in me was loving it, and my mum really enjoyed it as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of hopeful originally when this when the idea was first put out there. I was like, oh, that could be a really beautiful um, movie. Uh, it could really be something special to look at. And, and for the most part, it is. Um, then the reviews started hitting, and I was like, uh-oh, this is not sounding really good. So then my expectations just dropped through the floor. But I was still very excited to hear James Newton Howard's score in context. Um, I listened to it before I saw the film, as I usually do. Um, And so I was like, you know, there's got to be something good attached to this music. Although I should know that's not a rule for James Newton Howard um, when it comes to great scores like Last Airbender. Uh, but not a great movie attached to, to that score. Um, nevertheless, I went in with some some hope, and there were a lot of kids in my screening, and they did seem to enjoy most of it. I heard them talking a lot about it while the film was going on, so it seemed like they really were into it. Um, but yeah, so my expectations kind of went up and down. I went in with pretty low expectations, and I found myself still disappointed <laughs> with it. I I dozed off um, at one point. Uh, I don't know for how long, maybe five minutes or so. It just, it really got very, very tedious. um, And I was just not very interested. Um, So yeah, my expectations were were kind of low, but weren't low enough, apparently. Um, And so since I've kind of already given some of my reaction to the actual film, um, we'll just continue on that line. I just thought everything was as thin as possible. The visuals were nice, but, you know, it's hard to give movies credit for visuals anymore. It's just like everybody can do great visuals. Uh, but I did was hoping for something really special. And somehow this, I don't know if it did to you guys, but it felt kind of small. It felt like everything was very contained. Yeah. It was like, man, this world feels really small. It's, it's they clearly shot it on a, a sound stage and the sound stages were small. So you felt like yeah. they didn't have the freedom to run as far. So each, you know, yeah. they were kind of cutting and cutting and cutting. So it just made you feel claustrophobic. It was definitely a, a small, um, it fit in the camera. I mean, you didn't feel like there was anything missing though- from the camera. Even the opening scene, it's not really a spoiler, as I won't describe it, but the very opening shot, opening scene, it was 100% CG. So it's just like, mm. whatever, this is not this is nothing. You know? I can tell I you mean, with it confidence, would... London does not look that nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful, but you just know, this is just one long CG shot. And so it, it just didn't do anything for me. Um, Matt, what did you think? What, what was your general reaction to the film with with no spoilers um i just i just really enjoyed what it was i didn't try and compare it to anything i didn't try and think what could it have been i just thought what is this for what it is and it was good fun um told a nice story i didn't think too much about the story because i was a listening to the music and b just trying to take in what i was seeing and and 
hearing. I do agree with what you're saying about it being quite small, and even within the actual location of the film, like nothing seemed very expansive. The four realms mm-hmm. sounds huge, and then yeah, you look at you does. look at one you look at one from a camera shot, and it's the size of a football field. You know, it was yeah. it seemed <laughs> tiny. So yeah. I don't really know what they were trying to do there. Um, but yeah, I just felt, it felt very rich, very well sort of thought out visually. Um, I thought a lot mm. of the acting was very realistic and very um, kind of appropriate. Even, you know, Clara's father, the way he sort of um, works with the relationship with his children. Um, it was all very sincere. That, that's yeah. at least something I can say. Is it, it felt very sincere. Mm. Um, okay. But yeah, not a lot of emotion coming out of it if it weren't for the music and a lot of the visuals, I don't think. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what about you, Dane? You know, as, as it started, um, I got kind of hopeful because it, it started to flow in the, you know, Joseph Campbell hero's journey for, form. You know, she like she mm-hmm. gets the call that, you know, Drosselmeyer is her, you know, for like a better term, her Gandalf or Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then yep. she goes on the journey. She finds the talisman, which leads her, you know, blah, 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 blah. It started to do that. And then it just kind of jumped the shark. And then it was like, it didn't, it didn't follow that form. It just started to get kind of bizarre. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it really is beautifully stunning. And there were a lot of callbacks and homages both to Fantasia and the ballet itself. I really thought it was beautiful that they, you kind of realize, and I didn't pick up on it and literally until the movie ended, but it's kind of a sequel to the Nutcracker, hmm. right? So like in the middle, they tell about her, are we going to do this? Is I don't want to get spoilerific. We're not spoiler yet. But, no. but they put not the yet. whole, they, they very compactly stick the whole ballet in the center of the movie. Mm-hmm. which I found um, amazing, actually. I thought that was really incredible because it was well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I did love um, the St. Basil's Cathedral redo, you know, the, the castle mm-hmm. that she had. It was like, wow, that is a really yeah. cool steampunk version of the St. Basil's Cathedral, you know. It was very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. When they, they keep remaking these and they, I just kind of find them dull and they get kind of politically preachy. I don't know what it is about right. it. Like they can't leave it alone. They can't just tell us a beautiful story anymore. It's got to no, have like some can't. sort of underlying thematic element that relates to today. And I'm always kind of like, no, just tell us a great story. We'll make it relate to today. We can do that. We're exactly smart. right. You know, we're smart yeah. enough to figure out what that means. You don't have to preach it at us. Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of my only gripe about it. But I mean, you know, um, Matt's right. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful film. And the music is amazing. Well, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about our our reaction to the score uh, in general. Uh, Matt, why don't you start us off there? Yeah, just, uh, I'll put it simply. I loved it. I really enjoyed the way the kind of source material from the ballet was reworked, and at no point did it feel like it was just dropped in. It was it blended seamlessly. It was themes were used in different ways. Um, the kind of the composer in me thinking how would you go from this into this just the way mm-hmm. it was blended in was beautiful and like the texture of the the texture of the music seemed to match the texture of what you were seeing in that it was mm-hmm. very rich and thick but not too much and it just it was comfortable and really pleasing um mm-hmm. 
I could definitely tell the difference between the Tchaikovsky and between James Newton Howard. Yeah. I didn't mind, though. I thought, yeah. this is obviously James Newton Howard and this is obviously Tchaikovsky. But both both were amazing, so <laughs> I had no complaints. Um, it was just a really wonderful compliment whenever you heard part of Tchaikovsky's original music just pop in. You think, oh, yeah. oh what are they doing with this? They, it's always <laughs> used in a clever way. There was yeah. always a reason for it. Um, yeah. Agreed. And I agree with Dane. The ballet, the ballet stuff in the middle was fantastic as well. Agreed. Yeah, I I greatly enjoyed the music even before I saw it. I thought, wow, this is this is some of the best James Newton Howard I've heard in a while, and uh, so that's what started to get me a little bit excited for the film. Um, I think I enjoy the first half of the score a little bit more than the second. Um, I liked the first half where. I mean, there's there's Tchaikovsky throughout. It feels like there's like longer pieces in the first half of Tchaikovsky, um, and then it just kind of comes. He kind of uses it to accentuate certain events and th- certain things that take place in the film after that. Um, so I think I like the first half a little bit better, um, but I really really enjoy the score a lot. I, I love the, and I f- think the first half is a little bit lighter in tone, a little bit more fanciful a little bit more um yeah fanciful is i think the word i want to use and and i like that feeling um that's kind of setting up you know going into the four realms and what's going to take place here it starts getting into the actiony stuff i don't like the action cues as much they're they're good but i don't like them as much as i like some of the the softer uh tone cues um so it still ranks really high with me. I, I I do think I like it a tiny bit less because I didn't like the film, um, which I, I can't separate it now. This Those characters and those images are in my head now, so when I listen to it, I'm just like, eh. It just doesn't feel as, as great as what I had come up with in my head listening to the score before I saw the film, um, which that probably is a thing all the time, uh, for good or for ill. Um, Dane, what about you? Your what was your general reaction to the score? Oh, I, I thought the score was amazing. Um, I thought you know Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker is like the go-to reference for all Hollywood uh, Christmas children's films. I mean, they're like mm. you know holiday films. Um, and because of that, I don't know if Matt does, but I own the conductor's score of it, so I can study it. Um, Hmm. So wow, I do not. Oh, you should get it. It's amazing. <laughs> like you get to see it, and you you know you suddenly realize like oh, this is where you know this Harry Potter sound comes from, or this Home Alone thing mm-hmm. comes from, or you know you can find these little sections and you can sort of analyze them, and it's really great. So um, I, he just did an amazing job of being himself, but also fitting it into that uh, that specific sound and genre. Um, mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of um, his Peter Pan score. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. I didn't think about that. Uh, I mean, a lot of his Peter Pan score. Um, Wait, which Pete? Which one? Which one is that? There's so many Peter Pan movies. I'm trying to remember which one was his. Peter Pan. He just did a straight Peter Pan. It's it's the Peter Pan one. <laughs> it's called Peter Pan. <laughs> Peter Pan. Do you remember the year it, it came out? With the same year as Finding Neverland came out. Oh. Well, that doesn't yes. help. Two in the same year. <laughs> I'm even trying to. I'm struggling to place it now. Oh, it's so good. You got to go back. It's one of his there's best. Peter Pan. There was obviously John Powell's Peter Pan, mm-hmm. but way before that. It was that, before that. Finding Neverland was 
that's like early 2000s, was it? Yeah, it might have been. Yep. Yep. Okay. Great score. I, I, Absolutely great score. I mean, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of what's his face is Peter Pan too. Um, more recent, which is it's excellent. I think it's called Peter Pan. Um, you know, uh, was working with Zimmer now. Benjamin Walfish. Oh yeah, he did a. I didn't know he, he did, did a Peter, Peter Pan, Pan, which is fantastic. If you haven't heard well, it, it's Walfish. It's going to be amazing. I mean, it might mm-hmm. be my favorite score of his. Okay. I'll have to check it out. I mean, it's got like yeah, ET like level stuff. Nice in there. Um, wow. But yeah, I have to go back and look at for yeah, look so, at James Newton Howard's Peter Pan. Yeah, so his Peter Pan, we we have a a mix that we play on Thanksgiving Day, and it's that score, Thomas Newman's Little Women score, um, oh, and nice. a few others that fit together. This one's going in there. We're definitely going to add this to that mix yeah, for yeah, sure. It's yeah. just kind of like it's magical. It's light. It's it's not quite totally holiday, but it is holiday, you know, which is kind of what Thanksgiving is. It just kind of marks the beginning. Um, wow, you don't consider Thanksgiving a, a real holiday? I do, but it's not like the Christmas holiday, right? <laughs> well, no, nothing's like the Christmas holiday. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, the holiday of holidays. And I, I just think the, I think Lang Lang's playing is bliss. I think his piano mm-hmm. work is amazing. Um, now, earlier, Matt, I think in the show notes, you were saying that there wasn't a, a theme that you could... Um, have you changed your opinion? Uh, as convincing as your notes were, <laughs> and I did, uh, <laughs> and I did go back. I did go back and listen to it. Um, yes, there's a theme, but it I didn't come out is. humming it. Okay, I did. I didn't it's, come out thinking this is the theme now. I, although I don't, I don't know if he didn't didn't do it on purpose because to not clash with the Tchaikovsky, but it was it was thematic. I wouldn't say it was like a classic theme where I'd go, oh yeah, that movie, here's the theme. Yeah, I can see your point. I just felt that I came out with it stuck in my head. Um, yeah, they use it a lot. lot. I mean, I considered it Clara's theme yeah. because it seemed to reflect whenever something significant was happening to her. Well, it feels like it's a perfect answer to the Tchaikovsky, uh, the Prince and Clara when they dance from the ballet, mm. um, mm-hmm. which he uses as a through line um, through the movie too. And I, I did like the song at the end. I really liked the, the Andre Bocelli and his son. I, th- I thought it was a yeah, cool song. It gave okay. me the feels. <laughs> I saw the little video first and I was kind of like, eh. so I didn't even hang around for the song. No. We stayed through the credits for the song. Oh, did the you? song started, and we were like, "Hang on a minute, there's more." Because first they did the <laughs> nice. ballet, right? And then the song was after that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was. I left during the ballet. The ballet was amazing too. Mm-hmm. At the end, oh my goodness! Yeah. Like the dancing was phenomenal. I didn't know humans moved like that. <laughs> <laughs> only, only the select few <laughs> move like That's that. That's right. <laughs> I'll rephrase, human, <laughs> or human in a small number of people. And that was uh, Misty, Missy or Misty, what's her name? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was looking at her, I was like, man, she looks very familiar. can't remember her full name right now, but... She was the one uh, who dances in the middle, too. She plays... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, where I, that's where I recognized her during that one. And I was like, oh, great. Well, let's let's do some spoilery discussion now. Uh, both film and score. 
anything you hadn't talked about yet, you're you're free to talk about. Um, uh, Matt, do you have any points in there that you'd like to bring up? Um, from film, I would say Kira Knightley is the secret gem of this film. Um, yeah, I didn't buy the the sugar plum thing. Like she was the way she was acting, I was like, okay, this is she's too sweet, right? Yes. Which is what you're supposed to think. Um, right. And then I called the the turn coming like a, about yeah. a minute or two before it happened, and yeah. I just lent to my mum and just went, she's. <laughs> they were talking about uh, Mother Ginger at the time, and I was like, she's not the one. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, you'll see. <laughs> and just the, <laughs> the combination of the music, which was really clever at that point in the film, because it started to take thematic material from earlier. And you'd think, I thought to myself, why is that theme there? That's the wrong. Particularly, there's a bit with Mother Ginger where she sends the mouse to look after Clara. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of notes there where I thought, hmm, that's too, this is all too positive. What is this? This is, <laughs> she's not been portrayed mm-hmm. like this already. So. Yeah, Kira Knightley was the secret. Um, I think without her, I think the film might have really struggled in the acting department. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought she was a little over the top. Her voice was like, "What are you doing with your voice?" <laughs> and it, was, it was so strange. It's like, is that what? Who is that? Yeah, that's Kira Knightley. I've never heard her talk like that before. I like that she ate her um, hair. <laughs> yeah, that was that was like that was, that was awesome. Shot. That might have been one of my favorite moments, actually. Yeah, that was maybe the one time I went (laughs) in the the whole movie. It's like, oh, that's clever. Um, Yeah, you know, it it bugged me a little the more I thought about the title. I mean, you have to call it The Nutcracker, right? Because otherwise people aren't going to know what the heck it is, and they're not going to go see it. So the brand required it to be The Nutcracker. But I was expecting the or a nutcracker to be more a more significant part of the film i mean yes one of the main character is but he's kind of a side character um, does he even he's the he's fin a, of this movie say it what? he's, the, he's fin. the fin of this movie <laughs> he is very much i was thinking about i was like you know what he would have made a good fin i literally <laughs> thought that while i was watching this film because um, i liked him i've never seen him or heard of him before i was like yeah i, I kind of like that but i just expected like the MacGuffin to be a nutcracker you know the the boy this the brother kind of set it up during the first part of the film so i thought okay the the, the nutcracker is going to be the MacGuffin of this all but it really wasn't because it's like the first person she meets is the nutcracker um who's just a dude <laughs> he's just a guy <laughs> who calls himself a nutcracker so i don't quite get that i mean there's a lot of things like that there's that just like a, what is i don't understand um uh, so i really i really thought the nutcracker part would be a bigger part of the film. And it, other than it being a character in the film, um, it really isn't to me. So I don't know that, that was a little disappointing uh, for me. Dane, did you have any spoilery points to bring up? Yeah. I mean, I had one spoilery point that I was a positive for me, which was the dealing with the death of a mother and how do I relate to my father Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought they did a great point in tying that all together. And again, you know, James Newton Howard used the, the, the first dance that the Nutcracker and Clara have in the ballet. He used that as the through line to connect, you know, yeah. the, the father and the daughter and the mother and the father to the point where at the end of the movie, I was like, wait a minute, 
her father was the original Nutcracker in the first story. You know, like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, that's where you realize mm. this is a sequel. Like, her mother yeah. was the original woman that or girl that went into the story that we all know from the ballet. Mm -hmm. And now her daughter is going back and all chaos has occurred. And now it's all twisted on its head. The mouse King is not the bad guy. The mouse King is now the good guy. And mother ginger is not the creepy person. Actually, the creepy person is the good person. And the sugar plum fairy who you thought was awesome. She's the witch, you know, I mean, it just got all twisted up. Did Ryan Johnson write this? (laughs) (laughs) Just checking. He might have a ghost ghost credit. Oh, on. no. We don't ghost need an credit. overall story. We'll no. just tell a different one every movie. No. 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 Oh, this just took a bad I mean, bad that's a turn. lot of subversion you're just, you're just talking but, about right there. But but I just thought it was really beautiful. I'm just going to take this over. I'm not going to let you keep talking down this road. Um, I just, I just, uh, I'm just asking questions. I'm not saying anything. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> no, I just thought it was really beautiful how he tied that all together. Sadly for me, yeah, it fine. didn't... I lost that whole through line, even though the music was telling that story. I lost that whole through line in the middle. Yeah. And, and, and it barely came back and emotionally impacted me at the end, but I liked that they were trying to go there. Um, so yeah, it, it just, it kind of, it took me a while to figure out, Oh, this isn't going to be the nutcracker. This is like a supplement. This is like the second story and they're finding Mm -hmm. a unique way to tell a sequel. Um, so I, I mean, I give them props for trying, um yeah i guess i mean i guess i don't know how much props i give for trying um because it's the you know it seems easy it's like what have we done oh let's take that segment out of fantasia and do something with it or you know what i mean yeah yeah um it just we got to do something for the holidays what can we do oh yeah we did this back in 1940 or whenever fantasia (laughs) came out let's do something on that you know that's something that stuck out to me actually is that it was a very much a a holidays film it was a christmas film yeah and that bugged me because it's the 6th of november when this film is released hey matt i i am totally on board with that and 100 percent (laughs) agree like this should have come out on thanksgiving weekend i think they released it early because they had to because the rest of the year is just packed. Yeah, you got what do we have and they Fantastic were gonna get Beast coming up you got wreck it ralph coming up you've got every um, weekend now through the rest of the yeah, month, yeah they didn't the have anywhere to introduce it why didn't they just yeah, go direct, maybe, yeah. to, direct to Streambox? i don't know they might as well have <laughs> too much money invested i yeah. mean mm. two two full directors i mean which is weird that they're both credited but they're not co-directors so there's some weird controversial not i don't know if it's controversial but some weirdness going on with the original director um going on then going off because he couldn't do reshoots joe johnston coming in and kind of doing all the effects heavy stuff but then they're both directors it's just a weird weird scenario i really couldn't tell where one ended and one started which is Um, actually like joe that's actually a compliment right like it is but it's just like everything is just kind of just so blah maybe I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing. Uh, what's his name? Lasse. I forget his last name already. Hallstrom. Uh, Lasse Hallstrom did the initial stuff, like in the the opening things all the way through the 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 Christmas or the gift giving part. That fit, that didn't feel like Joe Johnston, but everything from that point did kind of did feel like a, more of a Joe Johnston, flashy visual kind of kind of thing. Um, I. Well, we're going to get to, we're going to talk about some standout tracks. We're also going to get to 
uh, talk about uh, our ranking of these Disney re- live action scores here at the end. Um, but you know, in thinking about it, I mean, I think James Newton Howard was a was a good choice. I would have loved to have seen what Doyle would have done with this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think he could have done something really, really sumptuous uh, as well. And and additionally, thinking about it more, I would have loved, 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 loved to have heard what Christopher Willis might have done with this, um, given his propensity to be able to write in that kind of Russian composer style. You know, he did Death of Stalin. Um, I think he could have done something really, really special with this, too. He could have. I mean, um, although Tchaikovsky is, rom- is romantic era Russian and Death of Stalin is getting later true. era, but yeah. Chris Willis should be doing more stuff anyway, period. Yes. Yeah, it would be great to see, you know. But, you know, it's always great to get another another James Newton Howard uh, score. Uh, I think to. Doyle might have gone too far. I think he he might have gone super heavy on the emotional yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. And I don't <laughs> think that's what this film would have done well with. Because when you when you really lean into that emotion and then the next scene is... I don't know, a mouse king yeah. that's not really done anything and you're asking questions about why <laughs> things are even happening. Yeah. One minute you're in tears, the next minute you're furious. It would have been a, a, a lot. I, I think he would have balanced it. I don't think he would have... I think he would have been sappy where it needed to be sappy and playful when it needed to be playful. Um, I, I, just, I don't know. I, I just would like to have heard his take on this particular effort i think would have been interesting all right let's talk about some standout tracks um as we start to semi wind or wind this up um dame what are some of your standout tracks uh presence from mother i really enjoyed that track it's classic james newton howard um and the trumpet soloist at four minutes and 28 seconds is to die for i'm a sucker Mm -hmm. for trumpet works like that especially during the holidays i love that solo trumpet sound like yeah, I just love we don't that. get too much of it these days. Yeah, I know. It, you know what it reminded me of, and this is this is probably a sacrilege, but the Muppet uh, Christmas Carol. You know the trumpet in that. I love that. Yeah, I can have that all Christmas. Say I recall. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't recall. It's a great, great score. Isn't that a Zimmer score? No, it's a Paul Williams score. Is... Didn't Zimmer do a Muppets Christmas something? No, I think Muppet? he did it. Well, he may have, but not that. Okay. Did he the do Muppet the Christmas Muppet Carol. Pirate Adventure? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry. That's probably what I'm thinking of. What are you I thinking of? Sorry, you broke up for a second. Zimmer did something with him. I'm thinking yeah. maybe Zimmer did the pirate adventure with the Muppets. Oh, the Treasure Island one? That's maybe. the one. Yeah, I think he did. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, I liked uh, just a few questions, but the one I really want to bring up, because you guys didn't bring it up in the notes, was the Polychanels. Or the Polychanels. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's mm-hmm. so awesome. Like, J&H yeah, does the yeah. fiddle writing, like, from signs and whatever. Like, it shows up in here. It's just so good. Like, nobody else is writing like that. It's so cool. Yeah. The, there are parts of it that I like, and then there's parts of it I don't like. That, that's a more up-tempo, more action-y type track, isn't it? Uh, no. It's kind of like a circusy, gypsy, weird, you know, Danny Elfman-ish yeah. kind of thing. But it's, it's more up te- It's a much quicker tempo than most of the other tracks, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's dancey. Yeah. I liked it. I, yeah. I just dug it. Yeah, that was not my not one of my favorites. Um, 
any others you want to bring up? Uh, I think you guys are going to mention the other ones, so you guys go for it. Okay, go ahead, Matt. Um, I liked any of the themes where Clara's doing something explorative. So <laughs> Clara finds the key, Clara's new world, Sugar Plum and Clara. That's Clara's theme. Yeah. The one you well, didn't hear. Theme, theme in inverted commas, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty strong theme. It's, it's thematic. I, I just didn't leave me humming it. I'd love to hum it yeah. if I could remember it, but I can't. I think your hummer's broken, bro. <laughs> uh, so, anything I thought I've forgotten the young lady's name who plays Clara. Mackenzie Foy. That's the one, Mackenzie Foy. Uh, I thought somebody said when I was leaving the theatre that her acting was no good, and I, I, my eyebrows went. I was like, "Whoa, what? Yeah, Are you kidding me?" She was great, um, and I, I kind did of well. felt like all the music kind of played to her in the scenes where she was seeing something new or inventing something or fixing something. Um, yeah. The music kind of went with that, and that was really nice. Um, and it made her from, oh, this is the main character, let's just accept it, to she's the main character for a reason. And the music mm-hmm. really supported that. Um, I really like the invention yeah, her side theme of really her did that well. Yeah, well. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'll let you have it. <laughs> Mine, go back and listen to it man Mine. it's so it's it's well, I, I mean it's not like the most memorable theme of the year or anything but it it was like the one thing outside of tchaikovsky that i grabbed a hold of in the music it the theme that um was written down and i think this is the one you're talking about where it goes like yes look you hummed theme. you hummed the theme you did it <laughs> it happened Bob. Badly, I must say. But uh, we knew what you were talking about, though. But it felt like more of a world-building theme, kind of like a camera pans up on a big world theme yeah. than it's representing her. Yeah. Eh. But it plays like right when she walks through the last Jedi uh, tree stump thing, comes out the other side. Last Jedi tree stump thing. I can't believe you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking of when I, I saw it. Like, oh, and you know, but you, you know there. as well. Something Nobody f- comes out of a tree stump in Narnia like that. It was, it looked it was like just, the wardrobe. It looked like a leftover prop from, from The Last Jedi. It's like, oh, we have that, that tree thing. Let's just use that and have her walk out of that. <laughs> there was there was another uh, Last Jedi thing that I just remembered. When she opens, spoiler alert, when she opens the egg thing and it says, uh-huh. all you need is inside, oh, that yeah. to me was, we have everything we need from the end of The Last Jedi. I was like, I'm sure you do, but I don't There's know what it is. There's something else that does that. There's another movie that that that's the exact. Oh, it's Kung Fu Panda. It's like when mm. he opens the scroll, and it's just <laughs> the little reflection of himself. There yeah. is no secret sauce or whatever he called it. Mm. So I was like, we've seen. This. See, that doesn't <laughs> happen. Really it's a cheap trick at this point. Every morning when, when she I get said up it, and look in the mirror, that has not happened to me. I'm sorry, I don't ever go. Oh, look, <laughs> the the way of the world, the savior. That's me. No, in the mirror. no one ever told you that what you see in the mirror was all you needed, though. See, that's that is different. true. But see, even from the time when she first read that note from her mom, I'm like, okay, it's going to be, it's her. I mean, immediately, I'm like, okay, I know where we're going here. And I was like, oh gosh, really? Please trick me. Please do something else. I felt but bad for her brother and I sister. Did. I did too. Actually, that is one thing I will say is a total, Why? totally thing. Okay, so as a parent of children. When you have more children and you say that one of them 
is oh, your that's most true. special that's creation. Like that is wrong. That's like, messed you up. Are, no, 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 no. I that flinched is, at that, that too. Is, uh, hashtag bad parenting one hundred and one, right there. Yeah. As I was watching well, that, she... I was like, Morgan Freeman, please save this line. <laughs> her greatest creation was her children. Please say it was you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I flinched. I flinched at that. Oh, man, that's like, brutal. Really? Damn. Really? Great. Yeah. Great. The movie just made another narcissist. Wonderful. <laughs> hey, she's the one. She's the special. She's the special. <laughs> she's the last nutcracker. No, sorry, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that is she? a mashup Ooh. I don't think I want to see. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, beautiful. Uh, that was beautiful. Um Yeah, so you know, thematically it was it was like we've seen this many, 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 many times. So there was nothing really there for me to, to let let's hold to. Um but in terms of music, you guys have kind of mentioned all the track well, no one's talked about Drosselmeyer, which I love the first four or five tracks I really, really love. Mm-hmm. They're all in that same kind of tone and vibe that I really enjoy. Um uh Queen Clara at the end, that's one of the tracks I do like a lot uh at in the second half of the score. Um it's very regal and royal and uh, moving uh, and brings in Clara's theme quite well, uh, and the Nutcracker Suite at the end that has the performance of Lang Lang. Now is Lang Lang performing throughout the score? That's what they or just on that. They kind of indicate so. that he's performing end. throughout. Oh really? Is it? Hmm. I, I'm no, not sure on that. I wasn't. I, he's obviously he's he's definitely playing in that one piece, and mm. it's mm-hmm. a fantastic piece. But I wasn't sure if he was playing throughout, but. Um, I have to look that up. I feel like uh, if they put him in throughout, then the piano would have been higher in the mix. I thought the piano was, was higher just in the to, mix. Just, oh, you yeah, did? Okay. yeah. I really thought it. Was I didn't really higher. notice. It I, I thought it was so great. The mix. Mm-hmm. The, I have to say, the mix of this was gorgeous. I mean, just mm. smooth on the ear, just beautiful, perfect. It, it was balanced well in the theater for once, and I think because Tchaikovsky, you know, people expect to hear the music. Uh, yeah, I think maybe. it said it, which I, which I like mm-hmm. the idea that it set the expectation of oh this is Nutcracker Tchaikovsky we we need to hear the music and so we did quite quite well. Um, all right, uh, we're going to wrap it up, and the way we're going to wrap it up is we're going to rank our top five scores from the kind of Disney live action universe. It's not really a universe; it's just. There's genre, and there's about eight or nine. Uh, looks like there's twelve now. Looking at Wikipedia's page for it, there's twelve films that fit into this um, little genre, going back to 1994 with the Jungle Book from way back then, all the way up through this film that we've just seen today. And there's more coming, um, but we're going to just rank our top five scores. Before we do that, though, I'm going to ask you guys um, to let the people know where they can find and follow you. Uh, Dane, why don't you go first? Hey, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Maestro Dane. You can find my website at www.danewalkermusic.com. You can find me on YouTube at Dane Walker Music. And I have a SoundCloud that I think is Dane Walker Music, too. You think it is? I, I, it's so weird because if you just search my name, it will come up. Dane Walker. It's branding, you know. Come Got on, it. 
Dane Walker and music. It'll show up, I guarantee it. All right. Matt, where can people find and follow you? Uh, you can find and follow me on Twitter at mcar0 uh, and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash mattcar94. All right. And as always, you can find us on Twitter at Audio Soundcast, or if you're looking for all of our soundtrack tweetness uh, at Track Sounds. If you want to find and follow me, you can do so on Twitter at C. Coleman. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this film and James Newton Howard's score, and you can send us feedback at soundcast at tracksounds.com or use our SpeakPipe widget. We did get a nice, very nice uh, SpeakPipe voice recording, which we'll respond to hopefully in the next uh, episode. Uh, it was like four parts long, uh, responding to our sound ca- our last Soundcast 6 episode. So look forward to sharing that with you. If you have some comments about this episode, please take a moment to just go to our site, soundcast, thesoundcast.com, uh, and hit the speak pop widget and, and just record yourself. I think it gives you like 90 seconds. So uh, if you need to do multiple parts, you can do so. And that's what happened for the last one that we just got. So, um, but don't leave yet because we're going to end the show by ranking our top five scores from the walt disney live action uh, genre matt since you're our first time guest why don't you go first wait let's do it this way let's do let's all do our uh start with number five and work our way up matt what do you have for number five my number five is cinderella that's a crime bro Sorry. That's a crime. <laughs> I'm I'll sorry. Just you, you just lost a... your glass slipper right there. <laughs> <laughs> but judging by what you said earlier about Patrick Doyle probably going too far, I can see why he it would be down that far. Um, uh, why is it? Why do you have it down that far? Is that why? Well, there's just no theme. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't hum it. Uh, What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, can't hum at all. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it, it was just a little much. I don't really like the story of Cinderella either, so the score wasn't saving it. Um, plus, mm. the ones above it, I really, really enjoyed the film, and the music was amazing. So, unfortunately, it does find itself at number five. Okay. Sorry, Cinderella. And what about you? <laughs> what about you, Dane? I have Maleficent at number five. As do I. Why? Why do I have Maleficent at number five? Yeah. Well, part of the problem is I don't like all of these, so I had to pick them carefully <laughs> wait what? I don't like all of you these remakes like... so I have to pick them oh. oh we're just talking about the score yeah right? yeah I, it's James Newton Howard it's awesome why would why would anybody not uh, like it no I just the other four that I have above it I like better that's basically the, the gist of it okay um, I think it's a great score it was one of my top scores in 2014 I think somewhere in there um, and it, it's really solid from start to finish. And I wanted it to be initially; it was higher, and it bounced around and moved it around quite a few times. Um, it, it's and I'll say this: my top five—they're all really close. I would say it's not like anyone is just like running away with it. I think they're all pretty close for me. Um, but it's number five for me too. Uh, Matt, you're number four. My number four is Nutcracker of the Four Realms. Okay. Uh, now, I feel like I'm going to get some heat for putting this above Cinderella. but um, Maybe. It's James Newton Howard at his best. As simple <laughs> as that. 
simple well, as that. Well, not quite his best because there's something else coming up of his. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, it's James Hutton Howard doing his best work. So that with the old thematic material mixed with the new stuff. Um, yeah, it was great. Really enjoyed it. Well, since you're kind of going, you have Maleficent at number three. Why is it up so high? Um, just because I th- felt like it mirrored what was happening on screen really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think Maleficent could have died as a movie, given that it's not the most famous Disney story. I think it could have been kind of swept under the rug. But some of the acting and just the the film as a whole is really strong and the score kind of only really helps that. Um, again, it's James Newton Howard at his best. He doesn't really disappoint. I don't really know of a bad score of his. Can somebody help me out with that? Oh, is there, is there dream, one? dream catcher. No, I like that score, score, actually. Um, no. That Dane, what can I say? Yeah, I know. I, I like it, but I I mean, I wouldn't put it as one of his best. I mean, come on, Wyatt Earp. You had a pair of Dreamcatcher to Wyatt That's, Earp. Oh. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no context. Exactly. So I, I, I don't know that. I mean, I like Dreamcatcher, but I... Dragonfly? Dragon. It, it might just be that it was him. He, I don't really... I've not listened to a score of his where I've thought, wow, that was awful. So it it might just be Try that out Dreamcatcher. Give, okay. give it a shot. I'll give and it a Dragonfly. Listen. Dragonfly 2. It's around, all around the same period where he got very, just mm, oh, very boring. Um, there's, okay. there's a few. There's a few that I'm not a big fan of, of his. Um, okay, let's move along. Uh, we're at number... What are we at? Number four for us, for, for me. And, uh, uh, and we have the same one? No. I have Alice in Wonderland. At one time, I had this at number two. That is a great score. I haven't listened to it in a while, but I went back and just to re-familiarize myself, I was like, man, that score is fantastic. I mean, it's just, it's got so much life and energy. I mean, it's it's got that Elfman vibe, but there's just so much energy in it. And I really, really think it's a, f- a fantastic score. Um, and, and it could, on a different day, it may have placed higher on my list. What's your number four, Dane? Jungle Book with John Debney. Yeah, how's that so low? Well, because I I was struggling with these four top four. They're all kind of tightly up in there, but I, I kind of was like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of placed this one above it just because of what he's doing. Um, it gives it a little bit more edge, a little more leverage to it. It's just mm-hmm. he's, he's com- composing wise. He's just doing some. But D- Jungle Book, I actually um, got to watch with John Debney in a screening, a special screening with John Debney and, and uh, the director. And uh, oh, nice! Yeah, and so that was kind of cool. Um, so definitely has to be in the top top four. All right, so that's okay. That's that's your number four. We talked about Matt's number four. You talked number three too. You just you kind of mentioned. Uh, that uh, Nutcracker comes just ahead, right? Yep. Number three, I, I liked it. Yeah, I put it ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. As did I. So that's our threes. Um, number two, I have Jungle Book at number two. I think that's a just a fantastic score. Um, I loved the movie when I first saw it, and I saw it again, and I was like, mm, I don't love it as much. But I think he just goes all out on that particular score, and... I think he did a fantastic job of of bringing more of that world to life and giving it more energy and um, 
wasn't real enthused with the incorporations of the songs in it. I mean, it's minor, very minor. I, I, maybe in one way I was hoping for more incorporation of the songs from the original, from the original Disney animated film. But um, but for John Debney, I mean, I was so happy for him that he got to just unleash like he did on that particular film. Um, what about you? Your number two, Matt? Uh, Beauty and the Beast is my number two. Um, this film just hit me in all of the feels. Uh, it was it was tearing the eye stuff at the end of this film, and the music, like just with all of these live action remakes that I've liked, it's because the music matches with the film and everything kind of coherently works together. Um, in the same way that I don't like the. Uh, Alice in Wonderland films quite as much because mm. I feel like there's just a lot going on and oh yeah it's a little hard to think <laughs> um, yeah. with Beauty and the Beast there was so much time to emotionally invest in it there was so much going on on an emotional level um, and that film could have flopped with them trying to animate a real beast that's live action but isn't uh, and the, the score really helped that not happen uh, I really mm. bought in and it was, it was yeah it was great really enjoyed it did you see the original animated film? Yes. Before you saw the live action? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just confounded. Why? <laughs> I'm confu- I, what happened? Uh, <laughs> not much. <laughs> um, I couldn't even finish that. I got, I got through, I didn't quite get through the opening number. And I was like, I can't watch this. Um, See, Beauty and the Beast, the the animated feature is probably my favorite Disney animated film. And this was a definite, why are you bothering to do this? Um, And it it, it, it was so unnecessary from a, from a, from a story standpoint. Um, It just, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I agree don't have it was m- unnecessary. And I also, I love the animated film as well. But um, yeah, it was unnecessary. But again, with the same with The Nutcracker, I went in thinking, I have no expectations. So it couldn't really disappoint. And yeah, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Hmm. Yeah, see, I had... Ex- I mean, it's like they are remaking their own Beauty and the Beast, which I think is a, a virtually perfect animated feature. It's like you got nowhere to go but down probably <laughs> and and even musically it's just like the songs they added because i've listened to it and i'm just like i'm sure context helps but listening to the sing i mean her singing god bless her just auto-tuned and it's just like oh god just it was it was it was a horrific experience <laughs> for me <laughs> um but it made well over a billion dollars so clearly I'm in the minority on that one. Um, I just, I, it just makes me fear for this Aladdin that's coming up and the Lion King. I'm like, you guys, I mean, if Aladdin, if, if the genie played by Will Smith is dropping a rap, you know, when he comes out, <laughs> when he comes out of the lamp, I'm just, I don't, I'm not going to see it in the, in the theater. Just not, um, it's just, I it's nowhere but down for both of those, Lion King <laughs> and Aladdin. They got nowhere to go but down. So I can't, I can't. All right, sorry. But 
you rock on with Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think it's. Uh, I just really like the film. A lot of people so, do. A lot of people love it. And the music of, just helped. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know uh, Mencken before that, though. Should I have known him? Oh, before when? Before Beauty and the Beast. Well, he did Little Mermaid. Yeah, Little Mermaid's the yeah, first, he was Little Mermaid. and then from there on out, it's him. Yeah, he was with Howard Ashman for Little Mermaid. Howard Howard Ashman was on Beauty and the Beast yeah, too, right? It was Lion King, and then he died, right? And then Lion King is where they joined up. He started. Alan Menken would write, and then somebody else would do all the the other yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Menken's talent. I mean, I love his ta- score for Tangled. The songs he did for Tangled, mm-hmm. I think, are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Frozen, but Tangled, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, all right, what's your number two, uh, Dane? Cinderella, Patrick Doyle. I think okay. I think it is I'm a big fan of the original Cinderella animated cartoon. It was my I don't know, I loved it as a kid. It, you, my mom used to play it when I was sick cuz the mice make mm. me laugh. So um so you should have loved this film. How did you not love Oh, I loved the, the mice. The but I thought the mice were the bad guys. At any rate, um so <laughs> even I the really, big monster mouse. Yeah, I, I really liked uh the 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 live action Cinderella. I thought they did a great job. I love that the mice they used the original sounds of the mice from the cartoon as the mice in the live action. I thought that was a great touch. I thought they did a lot of stuff with the story. They kept it as a beautiful story. They didn't try to yeah. like stick stuff in there and, you know, like I'm quoting yeah. about this film, let's let's put little political messages in there. You know, not right. that the political messages are bad or not true or whatever. It's just I don't want those in my escapist fantasy world, you know. I just want to yes. I want to go there and, and escape and think about it and and bring that a refreshed view out of it, right? So I just mm-hmm. think Cinderella is pure. I love it and I thought Doyle did an amazing job with it. I love it. Agreed. Agreed. And, that, and that's my number one. So, And you said it so well. I don't need to say anything further. Uh, what's your number one, Matt? Jungle Book. Jungle Book's my number one. Um, you kind of covered why, but just... This is another one of the live-action films where I think it could have fallen apart. I think it could have been a joke. I think it could have yep. been a real mistake. And the score amongst other things like the acting i don't know who the young man is who plays mowgli but my yeah, god it was his first his first uh first ever job and just they job. the veteran actors they picked to go alongside ben kingsley christopher mm-hmm. walken um idris elba as as what's the tiger's name Shere khan. Shere khan, Shere that's khan. The one. um mm-hmm. just killed it and the music like you said definitely goes all out is so just things that, like in the original Jungle Book, I didn't care about kind of the wolves and the upbringing bit. That didn't. I was really young when that film came out, so it didn't really relate to me. I was like, okay, this wouldn't happen, yeah. but fine. Um, in the live action, the music that goes with the wolves and the, all of that stuff, just all the credibility of that film, I feel, is built up in that early part of it. And with the music, just, mm. oh, it's just so powerful. It's brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, Dane, explain yourself with your number one pick. I can't. I saw the film, but I I couldn't tell you one thing about the score. So you you, you go for it. Yeah, hundred one Dalmatians. I just think it's a great movie, and I think Cayman's score is great, and it is truly the first live action remake of a cartoon. So it has to qualify. Well, surely it qualifies. But number one. 
Yeah, number one. I like it as number one. Okay. I have to, I have to <laughs> seek it out. It's got a theme as the Nutcracker. Or? <laughs> <laughs> I have to seek it, find it, and listen to it and see see what I think. But I trust you. I'm sure it has something good in there. <laughs> great score. It's a great score. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode, episode 121 of the Soundcast, where we talked about James Newton Howard's original score for The Nutcracker and The Four Realms, along with a whole bunch of other Disney live-action remake scores, or not remake, but live-action scores. Uh, once again, thank you, Matt and Dane, for joining me tonight, and uh, look forward to talking with you with you both again real soon and for the rest of you listening we thank you for being a faithful listener and until our next episode we want to say may the notes be with you